Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. I'm going to give it everything I have. You know, I worked uh, as hard as I could for this moment, and uh, there's not another team I'd want to play for besides the Jets. So I'm going to give it everything I have, and we're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. This is what I wanted all along, and I can't wait to play for really the greatest franchise in NFL history. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to it. <laughs> That's not well received here. you got all the booze. Jimmy's our quarterback right now. And Trey's going to come in here. He's going to compete. He's trying to do everything. And the day that it looks like Trey can compete with them and he's ready to go, then we'll know that. Our players will see that. And we won't hesitate on that, just like I feel like we wanted at any other position. Is there any scenario that you can see trading Aaron Rodgers this offseason? No, no, right. I appreciate the question, but no, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. How did the NFL do it, PK? The first round of the draft, the Aaron Rodgers uh Rumors, speculation, trade, innuendo. That was a solid day of publicity for the NFL. Just football, football, football. Heard a lot of the storylines right there, starting with Zach Wilson to the Jets and wrapping up with the Packers saying they're not trading Rodgers, which is what you say right up until you trade him. So teams may keep trying to pry him away. The hell they ain't trading him. <laughs> and I was talking to Aaron last night, and yeah, man, they're going to be trading him. You mark my words. NFL, yeah, it's king, absolutely, man. What a night. Started off with Trevor Lawrence at home, Zach Wilson and his family. I'm so happy for them, to the Jets, know the team. He's ready to embrace New York. Oh, and Booger saying, oh, the soft media, and they didn't play anybody. Give me a freaking break. I've never been a bigger Zach Wilson fan than I am right now. I'm going to take on my hometown team, the Jets. It took me a long time, but I'm going home. There it is. He could have worn the green and white when he was 11, like all the other 11-year-olds, but he didn't do it. We don't know why. It's a great psychological case study. So the quarterbacks go 1, 2, 3, 11, 15. So much for the five of the top nine or the five of the top seven. And the Patriots didn't feel the urgency to trade up. I wonder if Belichick got lucky or if Belichick... Had a pretty good idea Mac Jones was going to well, slip I had up. no idea what happened after the draft, so I can't answer if he got lucky. hey oh, uh, <laughs> Keep him coming, PK. Keep him coming. <laughs> Mac Jones. We'll see. I mean, that, you, lucky, it may end up being a disaster. You just don't know. You have to see how it plays out. But I think you have an idea of how things are breaking and what you need to do if you, in fact, identified, hey, we want this kid because it's going to be difficult to trade that far up. We'll have to give up too much to get these other kids that are going higher. But if they zeroed in on Mac Jones and we may have to move up a little, which is obviously easier to do, or, wow, look at these guys doing this and that, that we can just sit tight and get who we want anyway. I mean, all those things are possibilities. Yeah. Well, and I assume a lot of those conversations had to take place. You know, the price of moving up, if it had been low, they would have done it and not taken the gamble. But the price was apparently pretty high. I thought the Bears, to get to number 11 to take Justin Fields, they paid a huge price. Uh, first and a third and a first and a fourth, I think. If it was four picks and it was this year's number one, which isn't a big deal because you're getting a number one this year, but you also gave up next year's number one. 
Yeah, yeah but if you, if you get what you want, then it right. isn't a big price. If you get a generational quarterback, it's a great deal. And they've been searching for a generational quarterback for decades. So if this is their guy, awesome. I mean, I haven't had one since Bobby Douglas. A little before that, because Bobby Douglas was just a left-handed athlete. So no. was Steve Young, and not it worked a, out. Yeah, but Steve Young was a generational quarterback, and Bobby Douglas. Right, that's not. what I'm talking about. Thank you. Going in circles, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I really do, believe it or not. I know some people are like, how do you put up with this? Like, this is the fun part. Six Alabama players in the first yeah, round. I know. Tying the 2004 University of Miami Canes for the most first-round picks in NFL draft history. If you go by conference, it was 12 for the SEC, 7 for the ACC, 6 for the Big Ten, 3 for the Pac-12, a big old goose egg for the Big 12, and then there were four players who did not play in Power 5 conferences. Two from the AAC. Yes. Hey, I think AAC is a pretty good brand of football. Man. It I don't is. Care what ten level of, you want to call yeah, it. Ten of the first twenty are SEC players. Yeah, I was uh, listening. I, I texted Yacht this morning. I was at the gym and I'm listening to NFL football radio. Right, guy calls up and he's obviously got an accent that would indicate that he's from the South. And it turns out he's from Louisiana, and he's just <laughs> just going, "Come on, man, Utah." South Dakota, North Dakota, they don't play football out there. We put some, it's in the SEC, you got to take SEC guys. He says, you don't see us trying to go win no hockey championships, do you? <laughs> just, and Bart Scott and Keyshawn Johnson, they just lit into him big time. <laughs> Let's see, one from USC. Okay, first off, don't pick on that guy individually. Because the line of people who believe everything yeah. he said stretches over the horizon. There's a lot. From LSU, it goes across the state line into Mississippi and Alabama. Well, there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, they, clearly they play the best football as far as the NFL goes. I mean, they just have record numbers year after year. I mean, it's just the way it is. The Heisman Trophy winner wasn't even the best receiver on his team. So we know that. But there's the point that... Uh, Bart Scott was making is wait a second here and I think he went to Southern Illinois or something there's plenty of other good players yeah okay you're great over here but there's plenty of other good players I mean Bart Scott DJ he was as much on fire as Tim Scott was the other night hey oh keep him coming (laughs) famous Scott let's go no there's nobody more famous in my in my eyes (laughs) than Tim Scott right now for obvious reasons the SEC is starting to agree to play home-and-homes. So if this is the kind of stuff that irritates you, these teams have to knock them down. We took a call a long time ago from a guy who was saying the same kind of stuff and brought up, hey, USC played Auburn home-and-home, and and this is back of the Pete Carroll thing, and and USC worked them. Worked them twice. And the Utes have Florida coming up. So if they're going to play these intersectional games and finally venture outside the South, you got, you got to win, because if you think it's bad now, what if they start playing these intersectional games, venture on the road, and win? Florida comes uh, in here and wins by 10, sweeps the two-game series. You're just going to hear more of this. Modern. Modern. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Jazz are in Phoenix tonight. David Locke will be here at 8 o'clock to talk about the game. Jazz are number one. Suns are number two. Jazz are one game in front of the Suns. Suns have the tiebreaker. Suns have the guys. Jazz going to be shorthanded. Pre-game at 7. 
Tip at 8 o'clock. PK, it's the big game. It'd only be bigger if, you know, the Jazz had their star player. Yeah, but even sweeter if they win, then. Awesome if they win. And they shoot the three well enough, and they've been defending well enough. I can't rule it out. I certainly would not pick them. Wouldn't do it. Not doing it, but not ruling it out. They have a good night shooting the ball. They've been defending well. They can do this. They probably won't. But they can. It's not not out of the realm. It's a possibility. Suns are favored by three and a half points, and that indicates Vegas thinks it could also be done for all the aforementioned reasons. Mike Conley, hamstring tightness. Donovan Mitchell, ankle sprain. They're out. Now, I'm going to assume Royce O'Neal is going to play, but he has been listed as questionable, so he might not. Obviously, if he doesn't play, the odds go way down. He's got right wrist soreness. So, there's that. Well, I think this is great news. Because? Because get the hamstring healthy for the playoffs and get mm-hmm. the ankle healthy for the playoffs. I mean, this game, if you go to the conference finals, who would give crap about this game? Well, even even if you go to – just because you go to the conference finals doesn't mean the Suns will be there. If the, the Suns catch you and you're the two seed and you're yeah. playing – the Clippers are the Nuggets in the second round. The Clippers, uh, we'll get into this in a minute, but the, the Clippers are barely in front of the Nuggets. And there's a chance the Suns, the Lakers, and the Clippers will all end up on the same side of the bracket. You play one of them in the Commerce Final, and if it's the Clippers or Lakers, they have home court anyway. If you get there, you know, who's to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm far more worried about them getting there than right. I am who has What happens when they get home. there, yeah. All right, Jazz will be right back at it Saturday night. This is a back-to-back. There aren't many left in the season, but they got one here. Jazz and Suns tonight, and then the Jazz and the Raptors tomorrow night. And that game will be at 8 o'clock as well. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Hardaway fakes the hand off the Brunson, circles right off of Powell. Chased by Jackson, crosses over for three. Hit it! Tim Hardaway with a career-high 42 to give the Mavericks a four-point lead. Porter steps right, fires three ball. Good again! Number eight, 44 for KPJ. KD handling as we approach two minutes to go in the game. Takes it left, charge into the rim, and a two-hand slam for Kevin Durant. He's got 42. Highlights from the NBA. Some big performances. Shocking score of the night. Kevin Porter Jr., fourth youngest NBA player all time to go for 50 points. Houston, worst team in the league, beats the Milwaukee Bucks 143-136. And PK, we can hang the old asterisk. Giannis Antetokounmpo sprained his ankle and left after one minute. But it's the Rockets. They're terrible. They've given up a lot of good players. Onto the Kempo, even without him, the Bucks scored 136 points. You can't be giving up 143. Come on, tighten up the act. What are you doing? Well, yeah, Porter Jr., he's had all sorts of disciplinary issues along the way in college uh, with Cleveland. Cleveland basically says, get out of here. But he's a wild talent now. You know, he played at SC, as USC, and so I know a little bit about him. His father was murdered when he was a boy, so obviously uh, that's, uh, I don't know how you come back from that, but uh, he's a wild talent, and he was one who was not in the lineup because he was with, uh, who was the other kid who got beat up out coming out of the club uh, for Houston, and neither of those guys played uh, when the Jazz played him. It was a couple of weeks ago. I guess it was just last week. Uh, but he's got a lot of talent, and so that's why he's going to get a lot of chances. And he, it was on display big time, 50 points. That's a heck of a scoring outburst for a 20-year-old. The Mavericks 
Beat the Pistons 115-105. Tim Hardaway Jr., 42 points in that game. You heard the, the call there in the uh, montage of highlights the Yawk put together. And Dallas has a chance to catch the Lakers and get to five and put the Lakers in six. You know, that rearranges the playoff brackets and all that stuff and flips the possibilities of, uh, you know, who which teams might square off in the first round. Uh, also a 42-point game from Kevin Durant. David Locke is going to come on at 8 o'clock and tell us, and that's why I've been telling you guys the Nets are going to win it all for a while. They have got so much talent. Durant's healthy. He goes for 42 points, 10 assists. He's keeping other guys involved, hitting the open guy and all that stuff. Nets crush the Pacers 130, 130 to 111. Yeah, he's healthy now. Yeah, 131-13. Yeah, he's healthy now. We'll see if he stays healthy for two months of the playoffs. Well, that's the NBA. I mean, you can predict in the summer after all the moves are made who's likely to win. That's, I mean, that's no big, uh, outrageous, outlandish prediction. I think the Nets are really good. Uh, okay, well, it's because they got great, great players. Nuggets beat the Raptors 121-111. Jokic, 19 points and 11 boards for Denver. That game interesting for a couple reasons. One, the Raptors will be here to play the Jazz on Saturday. And then on the other end of the court, you got the Nuggets. And the Nuggets are fourth in the West. They're going to have home court advantage in the first round. They're 8-1 and one since Jamal Murray went down. I mean, that was it's a terrible injury. It's awful for him. And it's not been awful for the team yet. Maybe awful for the team in the playoffs, but they've gone 8-1. and one, And they are three and a half games behind the Jazz in that Northwest Division race, which I'm trying not to look at, but you demand that I watch it. So I've been following it. Normally a half game behind the Clippers in the race for third in the West. Way to go, Nuggets. Yeah. Look out. Here comes Denver. The Warriors lost to the Timberwolves, 126-114. Look at Minnesota go. Are they this year's Phoenix playing well at the end of the year? And then uh, some big offseason move that we can't predict right now. And then, well, at least they feel good about themselves now. Ricky Rubio is making like five three-pointers, scored 26 points. So they got the win. Well, anytime Ricky Rubio makes five three-pointers, his team is undefeated. Because <laughs> he does a lot of other things very well. Shooting's not one of them. And if he has a hot night, whatever team he's on, they're very dangerous. The Warriors lose, and Steve Kerr lamenting a fundamental flaw in his and other teams. He told reporters, quote, This is the modern NBA. Guys don't box out. It's just the way it is. Every night on League Pass, I see the same thing. Players let guys come in from the weak side, and they think, I'll just get the rebound. It's a disease that's rampant in the NBA. The problem is, if you're a small team like us, then it's going to hurt you more than it'll hurt other teams. Well, with Wiseman out. But uh, he watches League Pass. I figured he had it locked down on MSNBC and CNN. Oh, I think he's probably got one of those uh, (laughs) setups like Donovan Mitchell had that we saw when he tweeted during a game. He's got the four TVs, so he's he's got his politics and his sports going simultaneously. Okay. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swinging a fastball is rocketed out to right field. Punched deep and gone into the second row right over the leap of McCormick in right field. Taylor Trammell going deep. Curveball hit to right. Does this one have enough? It's hooking towards the pole. It's gone. Travis Shaw, two-run home run. The Brewers take a 2-0 lead on Bauer and the Dodgers. Mullins swings, hits it in the air, left center field. Hicks has got it. Urias coming, thrown to the plate. It is offline, and the Orioles win it on the sacrifice fly by Cedric Mullins. They take it in 10 by a final 
final score of 4-3. to three. Highlights from Major League Baseball. You hear the Yankees losing to the Orioles on the walk-off sacrifice fly. Orioles win that 4-3. to three. The Yankees are tied with the Orioles for last place in the American League East, 11-14. They were the American League favorites, PK. And they're four and a half behind the Sox, tied for last place right now. Three games under 500. Real disappointing for the Yankees after 25 games. Okay, sure, yeah, I could agree with that. But um, let's see what they are after 50 and 75 and so forth. The disappointment in L.A., it's been a rough week. The Dodgers lose to the Brewers 2-1. Travis Shaw with the two-run homer. All the runs the Brewers needed in that one. And the Dodgers are out of first place in the National League West. A half game behind the Giants, who had the day off. Giants are a half game up on the Dodgers, two and a half up on the Padres, who are only two games over 500 themselves. All true. Cubs are back, baby. Putting runs on the board, scoring them in bunches. They beat the Braves 9-3. to They, like the Yankees, three games under 500, last place 11-14. and Is this the last ride for this gang? Are they going to break it up? I mean, they got the World Series, so I guess if they break it up, they've got that. They were hoping for multiple World Series. Well, that doesn't seem to be happening. But Well, if Russo keeps working on his curveball, and like he did against Freddie Freeman, you know, maybe he could be a surprise. For, oh, oh, Shohei Itani, forget him. I got Anthony Rizno. And your D-backs take down the hated Rockies. Does anything make you happier than watching Arizona defeat Colorado? Anything to get the Rocky announcers? Uh, winning the lottery, I think, probably would work. You don't play the lottery, so that's going to be hard to do. Okay, well, there's a lot of things I could say, but I'm going to let that go. That a kid. (laughs) Way to take the high road, PK. You're the man. Eduardo Escobar with a go-ahead triple. The most exciting play in baseball. What about the inside the park home run? Diamondbacks win 5-3. Seattle, you say Kikuchi. Did I pronounce that even close to right? Seventh inning, had a no-no. And he lost it. But Seattle did beat Houston one and up. You nailed the pronunciation. As I won't do it again because I can't do it again. That was just luck. There's no talent there. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. PK loves it. We hate them. They hate us. They hate dialing back as Sporting Kansas City comes to town. The players who really loathed each other have retired or moved on in one way or another. So... We'll see if the rivalry stays as heated. RSL won the season opener in Minnesota. They got Sporting Kansas City at home. RSL, we didn't really see how much they can possess the ball and break down another defense, unlock them in the final third and all that kind of stuff. Uh, They hit on counterattacks in Minnesota and open play there. And may not have to against Sporting. Some teams just come in and sit and defend, but that's not really how Sporting plays. So there may be a... Some opportunities to hit on the counterattack. We'll see how that goes. Sporting with a pretty good start to the year. One on the road in New York, although they did tie with Orlando at home. They got to draw on a pretty cool late goal by Orlando. So, Sporting KC looks good, not great. We'll see if uh, RSL can start 2-0. Only one team in the league has done that. and we'll see if RSL is able to pull it off. That's a noon game. That was beautiful, man, listening to you do all that stuff. You like that? Yeah, okay. I man, I feel like smoking a cigarette right now. <laughs> you don't smoke cigarettes and you don't play the lottery, but I love the way you've worked it here in this segment. This bodes well for the next two hours and 30 minutes of this show. That I'm was very beautiful. excited. PK's on one, man. The brakes are off. That, that soapbox is coming down the hill. The that old was soapbox one of the best, best minutes of my life listening to you do that. <laughs> smoke a cigarette. 
Now, if you're brand new to the show, you just moved into town a week ago. The stories we've heard about family members who smoked and how much it just bugs you to no end. The thought of you lighting up a Marlboro, man. Yeah, but at certain moments you have to, and that's one of them. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. We got David Locke coming up at 8 o'clock, Jazz and Sons. Uh, I expect David will be rolling when he gets in here. Top of the 8 o'clock hour. And Kyle Whittingham, youth football coach, putting a wrap on spring football, the NFL draft, or the youths loaded for that next year. Uh, we'll get to a lot of stuff with Kyle coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Dennis Dodd is with us from CBS Sports. I want to ask you about the Pac-12 Conference Commissioner search. How's it going? Yeah, it's not going well. They're screwing this thing up. I talked to a person yesterday that has intimate knowledge on the search, and it's a mess. They're considering having two commissioners, one that would deal with the ADs and one that would do more administrative stuff. Well, who do those people report to each other? I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I can come up with five very capable people off the top of my head right now that could do that job. Hire one of tomorrow and be done with it instead of this drama on our process, but the longer they go, the longer it looks like they're going to end up with another Larry Scott. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, it's time for the question of the day. We got a two-parter. Obviously, Jazz and Suns massive game tonight. We've also got NFL draft to start with, to talk about. We'll get to the draft uh, in the next segment. Let's start with the Utah Jazz right now. First place is on the line when our Jazz meet the Suns. How much do you care? Now, PK, you posted this and you went with our Jazz, but you didn't go with your Suns or my sister Suns. I did not know. Ah, uh, a little disappointed by that. Your ability to stir the pot, though. I shouldn't question it. I have been a Suns fan from time to time. I will. I don't have any problem admitting that. I've always rooted for players rather than teams. I think I've made that abundantly clear. And so when they had uh, that, well, when I was living and working in California and they got uh, KJ and Tom Chambers and Hornacek and they upset the Lakers, you would have thought I was the biggest Suns fan. But, I mean, that's my personality, just to rub it into those guys because everybody I worked with, Laker fans, as you can imagine, that was in their heyday, right? So that was fun. And then I liked the Barkley time. Uh, I got I got no tie to Arizona, but I've I've enjoyed watching Suns basketball. They've had entertain, entertaining teams over the years. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And they've had big personalities and – you absolutely have and they, a tie. Me, you idiot. Well, now I do, but I didn't when I was rooting for him. <laughs> well, that's not what you said. You, you spoke in the present tense. My bad. Learn your freaking grammar, you My idiot. My grammarian skills are somewhat <laughs> above average and mediocre-ish, so enjoy them. So here's the question. How much do you care about the one seat? That's really what it boils down to. It is, absolutely, All the yes. pronouns aside to stir it up and get people to laugh or whatever. Uh, how much do you care about the one seed? And Brad says, it's extremely important, exclamation point, the Jazz, all caps on Jazz, can really use home court throughout the playoffs, exclamation point. While I can't get nearly as worked up about this as he can, I don't think you can underestimate 
the importance of home court. Early in the year, the Jazz looked like a really good road team. They haven't looked that good as a road team lately, and they have remained a very good home team. So anything to do that gives you more home games and gives you home games earlier in a series, so you're out in front and putting the pressure on those guys, assuming you win your home games, assuming. Uh, okay, that's a bonus. You know, they're 26-4 and four at home. They're 19-13 and 13 on the road. That's not an unusual distribution, you know, to be really good at home and, you know, above 500 on the road for a playoff team. So, yeah, more home games. I, I get that. Um, but the exclamation points and, and the passion for it, I just have a hard time buying off on that. Tanner, Tanner goes the other way. Honestly, the two-seed favors the Jazz assuming three through eight hold their seeds. But the one seed's all about pride. And I'm 90% of the way there with you, Tanner. The one seed is all about pride. The two seed favors the Jazz, assuming three through eight hold their seeds. Well, that's kind of empty because I don't assume they're going to hold their seeds. It's too close between three and four. Right now it's a half game. And it's too close between five and six. So I don't see how you can predict which side of the bracket you want to be on when you don't know which side of the bracket the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Mavericks are going to be on. That seems like a fool's errand. It seems impossible to predict now. I think all things being equal, the number one seed was important, but the dynamics of the situation have changed dramatically. And it was, uh, what, two weeks ago today, when uh, Donovan Mitchell, it was that day game, right? That, mm-hmm. that weird Friday afternoon game. And so he, when he went down and had to be helped off the floor, everything changed, changed dramatically. And uh, Conley continues to feel some tightness in his hammy. He's a very important piece to any team. And obviously he's on this team, so he's a very important piece to this team. So none of that stuff that was important at this time two weeks ago, and still is important, but it's not nearly as important as the health of the players. That's now what's most important. You have to factor that in. I was talking with Austin Horton yesterday. He was filling in, and, and uh, so he had me on. You know, the, I like to say, people say, well, the Jazz got the record, the number one, because they had the most health. Okay, that's true to an extent. And what you're saying is obviously the Clippers, they don't seem to be intent on playing their guys, particularly Leonard. Uh, a whole lot, and obviously Davis missed 30 games. LeBron, I think LeBron is coming back very, very soon, uh, and he's been out a good while. Okay, that's true that they didn't win games because of their health situation, but you won games not because of the health situation of the Lakers and Clippers, but because you're a really good team, because you're not playing them 25 times. You're, you're only playing them together you're playing them like six times right so you're not winning you're not getting this great record because the other teams were injured they're not getting the better record because they were injured but it has little to do with your record right so the point i'm making is you've established a great record because you are a really good team doesn't matter what happened over here because you don't play them that much. It's not like baseball. You're playing these guys 18, 19 times in your division, conference, whatever it might be. They don't have conferences in baseball, but you get the point. So you have this great team. So what I'm saying is make the point I'm making is you already know you're a great team when healthy. So now you have to make sure in this remaining time of basically three-plus weeks, four weeks before you start the playoff, that you get healthy and if that means you lose a seat or two 
Well, that's the price you're going to have to pay. And then when the playoffs start, you can say to yourselves very easily, without stretch, when we had our guys, we were kicking butt in this league. And now we have our guys again. Yes, these other guys have their guys too, and they can say it too, but you can say it just as well. We've got our guys, and when we had our guys, we were really good. That's the utmost number one importance and the highest priority. So the dynamics of this number one seed in the span of two weeks with injuries has for the Jazz has has changed dramatically. That's all true, and the one thing, not two, PK, not two things, not a couple. The one thing I would add to it is that every one of these teams can sit in the locker room, whether it's executive, coaches, players, all of them together – and say, if we're healthy, we got a chance to do this. If we're not, yeah, we're yeah. done real quick. And that's Possibly, true. Yeah. If you're not healthy, you're going to get knocked out pretty quick. The West is too deep. Somebody's going to be healthy. And if you're not and they are, regardless of who, who you and they are, you're in trouble. If the Lakers are hurt and the Jazz are healthy, the Lakers are in trouble. But if the Jazz are hurt and the Lakers are healthy, the Jazz are in trouble, and you can run through every combination. I, I love what the Nuggets are doing right now. I'm really impressed they're 8-1 and one without Murray, but I got my doubts how far they're going in the playoffs. It's, I think it's going to show up. Well, you're playing much better competition at exactly. that point. And even in the first round, you're playing decent competition, most likely. Certainly in the second round, we all agree on that, that you're right. And I can't speak to what the East is. I don't pay a whole lot of attention there. But the West, I I obviously obsess over it. And once you get in that second round, so yeah, losing a, uh, you know, I could say a star player, maybe not a super elite player, but Murray's a star on that team. And and him being out and Barton being out, that's going to impact that team, no question about it. I wouldn't throw in the towel, though, on anybody uh, on a singular injury, like for tonight. I'm not throwing in a towel. I realize it's going to be much more difficult to win without those two. Your starting backcourt, uh, two all-stars, very good players, blah, blah, blah. But you can still have other guys. Kevin Porter Jr. can go off for 50. I mean, who's to say these other guys that the Jazz have? Because they've got shooters. Clarkson, Clarkson can go for 35. He could. You never know with him. Yeah, if, yeah, if any absolutely. of these guys look at Niang getting locked in, and I think that most of the year people would have said he's the ninth guy in the rotation, but he got locked in in Minnesota, and he changed the game in a heartbeat. Could have could have been hey, he's the reason been playing they won. Very it. very well. I know you can see it in his confidence. I'm a big body language guy, and you can see it out on the floor, and it's very easy to see in basketball because it's condensed. They don't have on equipment that. Uh, obscures them and whatnot and you could you, you could you could literally see something that's impossible to see so maybe literally isn't the right word but you can see Niang exuding confidence now that he didn't have and he's become a, a productive NBA player and in the limited opportunity beyond the regular minutes that he gets he's done very well so there's been times where he started or receives more minutes because of the situations with injuries. And in those situations, he's done well. And so he's done well overall, but he doesn't get as many minutes when everybody's together, right? So step him up on the basically the, the hierarchy, the ladder of playing time, and he's done well. So that's why I give this team a chance. And then when, you, when you're dealing with basketball, too, you know, shooting, a booker can go 5 for 20, Uh you know, he doesn't do it a lot. He's a very good player or whatever. Anything can happen here. Somebody can get in foul trouble. 
So it's not an impossible task as far as that goes. And from the Jazz perspective, there's no reason why you're not playing super loose. I mean, you're not expected to win. You've got the two critical components, two all-stars who aren't playing. You take two all-stars off any team, they're not going to be as good. That's obvious as could possibly be. So there's no reason why this Jazz team doesn't come in and is totally loose and just playing and trying to have fun. And, you know, and, and you, you still have Gobert, who is a dominant force there. Uh, and I think they got a shot to win, uh, but I'm not going to go crazy if they don't because uh, the most important thing now is to secure health. That has overtaken anything, really in my mind, anything relative to the standings. At this point, I can't say that I don't care completely because a drop in the standings can make the task more difficult. I understand all that, but so be it and not at the expense of health. Yeah, I don't know how much more difficult it's going to make it. It it certainly could make it more difficult. I can't argue that. Um, But, you know, when you drop from one to two, I don't know what it's going to do to the pairings because these other races for, you know, between the third and fourth teams and the fifth and sixth teams are close. So I can't tell you what it's going to do for pairings. I think it'll be difficult regardless of who they're playing. And I don't know that the home court's going to matter with the Suns because I'm certainly not going to guarantee you that the Jazz and the Suns meet in the Western Conference Finals. The only thing I'll guarantee you is if the Jazz and the Suns do meet in the Western Conference Finals, I want to know who's taking down the Lakers and who's taking down the Clippers and how entertained have I been by the last month of basketball. Well, one would take down one, and then one would take down the other. You would think, right. Each, unless there was a 3-6. Or the, do the Nuggets take somebody out in the first round and then lose in the second? You know, I don't know. I just think I would be wildly entertained by whatever happened in the Western Conference playoffs leading up to a Jazz Suns Conference final. Nothing is worth sacrificing health. And what's the difference, man? If, if you're obsessed with the standings, then that tells me you don't really believe in the talent of this team. That's a, that's a straight line I can draw. Okay, so, and I would agree with you most of the time, but how about you're not 100% positive about the talent of this team relative to the competition they're going to face this year? You may well, have a confidence that says, we're really pretty good, but I don't know if we're good enough. Then what does it matter? What the hell that's the different are? Than, that's different than, well, that's, <laughs> that's different than, I just don't think this team is very good. Well, it's just, no, it is, but it's not much different. It's uh, different, I'll, I'll grant you, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's that different. See, I believe in the talent of this team. Well, I think all of this, what underlies most, what most people listening to this are thinking is, well, they were number one for so long, I really, I bought into them as the top team in the West. Or, I didn't buy into them as the top team in the West, but my family and friends and coworkers all did, and it's all I've been hearing, and I can't wait to see how this plays out, but even though I'm pretty sure they're going it, to lose. It's not buying into whether they're the best in the West, it's buying into whether they're a great team. The standings don't matter that much when the playoffs start, when you're going up against that particular opponent. Yeah, the nature of the playoffs really changes the nature of preparation and the nature of these games. You're, you're so much better prepared in the playoffs. This is, uh, this is it, it wasn't a new thought when Stockton was putting, you know, Stockton didn't like to tell you much about anything because he was afraid he was giving away an edge. That kind of underlied everything he did. But he would tell you, don't, don't look at how we matched up a team in the regular season. It doesn't matter who won 
two out of three or three out of four, but back then four out of five or whatever. The preparation's different. Somebody's traveling and somebody's back-to-back and you didn't get to watch that much video. And after In a two-week series, you don't have very many days in before you know everybody's plays and they know all of yours and the game's really different. So the game, the game will be really different. It always is different. It's just the way yeah, it is. It comes down to do you believe in their talent? And I believe they believe in their talent, which is the most important thing. <laughs> and do they, do they play to the level of that talent? Because if they play at the level of that talent, they're going to be a tough out. Are they going to win it all? I'm, I don't know. Probably wouldn't bet on it, but I'm not going to discount it either. Why, why, why would I discount it? It's hard to bet against the Jazz or pick against the Jazz when they're shooting the three with confidence and shooting it well. We have seen them just annihilate teams. And that will happen in the playoffs. So the question becomes, well, how often can you do that? you got to do it four times in two weeks, and you got to win four out of seven. And the people who are picking against them just don't think they're going to be able to sustain that shooting against the best defenses in the league. And Locke's going to come in and tell us in 15 minutes they can do it against the Lakers if they're in transition, but are they going to be able to do it to the Lakers if they're locked down in a half court? You know, those, those small things matter, and those are the little things Quinn keeps talking about. When he says yeah, we got to be playing our best ball, I think they can because I believe in their talent. That's the bottom line for me. Others can think differently, but I believe in their talent. David Locke is coming up at about 15, 20 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, your evaluations of the first round of the draft and the prospects of Aaron Rodgers being tr- traded or not. We will get to that coming up. Stay with us. I don't think there's a better place to play. You know, I'm so excited to be there, to be a part of that team, that culture, that fan base. It's going to be, it's going to be extraordinary. Yeah, you know, I would really say the emotions that went into getting picked. You know, obviously I had a pretty good idea. I wasn't certain if I was going to get picked by the Jets, but I think the emotions that went into it, just how excited I was to be in that situation and, and hugging both of my parents and my siblings and, and kind of just saying, you know what, you know, we made it, you know, how amazing is this? And, and then thinking forward, you know, how can we get to the next step? You know, this is a stepping stone for what's to come. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sales going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision to Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. That was Zach Wilson, as expected, number two to the Jets. PK, you lived back there. Forget the football. Forget whether they improve his offensive line, and we'll get to the people who are happy that the Jets address that later in the first round. Forget the receivers, the coach, the second-year GM, the first-year coach, and all that. New York's got its own vibe, and it can get really intense. And there's a lot of people. So when they start making noise, they make a lot of noise. Do you think he's set up to handle all the -the off-the-field stuff that comes with New York? That's inevitable. Yeah. I absolutely I do because you listen to him speak and you watch him watching the draft and all that stuff and we've seen him now for a few years and I got to admit I'm biased I have a connection to the school uh, not BYU but the high school I've heard about him for a long time I've talked to people who know him a thousand times better than I do because I don't really know him at all I don't know he would he would have no clue who I am uh, but. I know folks who know him, and I've been hearing about him now for five years, (laughs) literally. And if you look and listen to him, and I went back and and we got on the Jets website and he did the 10-minute thing, I listened to all of that last night, all that stuff, you really have to believe he grades out as an A because he handles everything, the media throws at him, and he just handles it so stinking well. 
It's really amazing, that part. So it's going to be tied to production, obviously. You've got to produce. You can be the greatest dude in the world, but if you don't produce, it doesn't really matter. So I think he has an understanding of all this stuff. He's so good on his feet, on the football field and off the field. It boils down to, is his skill set good enough? He's a football junkie. I'm really excited for his future to see what he can do. I think he's going to succeed. I can't guarantee it because uh, so many factors go into it. If you would have told me John Beck was out of the league in five years and I don't think he ever won a game, I would have said no way because I, mean, I think the world of John too. Uh, but with that in mind, see what he does out on the field. But I think all the other stuff, I think he's mastered. You know, Because it's not like uh, th- this season here was, was pretty well good, right? I mean, they're, they're everything except for one game. They, then we know they had to get on the plane, do all that stuff, and prepare in a half a day, whatever. But before that, you know, that sophomore season was a bunch of ups and downs. And I like the way he played, the way he played it. And the more difficult it got, from what I understand, for people telling me, the harder he worked. So that's going to go a long way. Keep it real. And a good thing about Zach from the Jets' perspective is there's going to be no nonsense. He's coming in here to play football and win games. That's the point, right? So you don't have to, like, well, he's the Mormon Manziel, you know. Well, obviously Johnny had all sorts of other issues, right? You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That He's going to be there to play football. So I'm really excited to follow him to see what he can do. And it is in my homeland. I, cause he, the, 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 the team headquarters is in Florham Park, which is five minutes away from where I grew up. So... I feel like, in a sense, I have a connection, even though I don't really have a connection because I can't claim that I was ever a Jets fan. I don't think that in 1969 I was running around just going crazy. In fact, I guarantee you I wasn't going. Hmm. I don't even remember <laughs> the, Jets. <laughs> the Jets winning it all, to tell you the truth. I have certainly uh, have uh, heard about it a million times over, but I don't remember it at all. And uh, so I can't claim that I have this long legacy of being connected to the Jets. I have plenty of family members who are actually some of your season ticket holders and all that stuff. But I think that everything he has, everything he needs to be successful, he has. Whether he could do it or not, yeah, I can't guarantee it. Uh, everything he has includes an organization around him. And I think we saw with the Alex Smith story. And I know Cougar fans aren't going to want to hear or you know, you fans aren't going to want to hear it. But you know, Cougar fans didn't want to hear it when we said it about Alex Smith. You know, he had defensive-minded coaches. He, was going, he didn't have enough talent around him. He was going through a new offensive coordinator every year. You know, when he got the right people around him, Alex played football at a pretty high level. But, man, that wasn't really on display those first three, four, maybe even five years. Try whatever seven it was. years. Was it seven? Yeah, you're the Niner fan. You'll tell me. Yeah. It, it wasn't on display at the start. And I wonder because— But it wasn't it, on him, though. Ultimately, it was not, but I, it felt like it was at the time. I'm sure I don't it think felt anybody like was saying he was a bust along the way. Yeah, now, the oh, problem they were. with that, yeah, well, they no, were. no, they were. No, I disagree. I disagree. I don't think there was because the problem is you get compared to who went after you. Yeah, you do. That's true. That's also true. And, and Aaron Rodgers, the, the went Aaron late. Rodgers story right. is now legend yeah. of him sitting there. They used to call it the green room. I don't know what they call it anymore. But he sat there to, what, 24? 
Is that what? Yeah. He, yeah. And he just did a slow burn the whole time. And then he gave right, an awesome right. And, and, and they put the <laughs> camera on him. Yeah. And, and Aaron Rodgers scored like 5,000 on his SAT. So he's as smart as can possibly be. Uh, so if Aaron Rodgers had gone second or third, maybe still, because the fact that he he stayed there all that time, I think that's part of it. And, that, and that's legitimate uh, knock against you if it comes to that. Right. Because we go back and we redo these drafts. Yep. And we do it. There's one dude that actually redoes it and then tries to say he had it. I think he got busted on that. Hey, but but we go back and we look at the we go back and we look at these drafts. And should they have drafted this player, this player, this player? So there's an enormous amount of pressure on Zach Wilson because there were quarterbacks taken after him, you know, and if any of them blow up. And Justin Fields, some people had Justin Fields number two, right? And the Niners, they're going to face it again because they took Lance, and Justin Fields obviously was still available. Yep. What did he go, 11? He did. He went 11 to the Bears. They traded yeah. up. And and, then, and if, if Bill Belichick hits with the 15th pick and, you know, Turns out Alabama had the best quarterback. Then everybody gets. Well, all I'm going to say about that young man is watch out for MJ. Nice. That's Just Mac Jones, people. Not Michael he, Jackson. Not Michael Jordan. Or it's Magic Jones. Johnson. Magic Johnson. Another. <laughs> if you're MJ, you better be something special. <laughs> Parents gave me the wrong, wrong first name. I got it. You know what Mac's short for, right? What is it short for? McCorkle. Mac is better. Yes. We got a lot of people weighing in here on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. You can hit us up on the Jazz and the Suns. You can hit us up on what you thought of the first round of the draft. Mark pumps the Jets up. He says, I like that uh, they got help to protect Wilson later in the first round. They did. The kid at SC, yeah. Uh, Josh says, roll tide and Justin Fields to the Bears makes me happy. Uh, Matt adds, hey, it might be cool to admit I'm a Bears fan again. They've had a defense. If they get an offense, look out. Uh, well, I don't know that it's been that bad for the uh, – they've gone two eight and eights and a 12 and four. So they're not – it's not the Jets here. Right, exactly. It isn't. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, Ron says, I was impressed that both the second and third overall picks were from FCS teams. Boom! He wanted to add a boom of his own. Uh, Ron, you, you know, as a, a great orator once said to me, Ron, stick it. <laughs> <laughs> David Locke is coming up next. Ron's a hardcore listener. He just dropped a boom in there because he's, he's heard all the ad-libs. He knows. He's right. Well, I heard one guy say, well, the knock against Wilson, he's played a D2 schedule almost. <laughs> D2? Is that where we're at now? No. Somehow we just totally dismissed Boise and Central Florida? There were a lot of group of five teams. There were no D2 teams. (laughs) And the thing is, I'm relatively sure all these NFL teams were checking out the tape to see how he looked against Tennessee and USC. You know, there there was plenty of tape of other games that he played well in to check out. Oh, for sure. You know. So, all right, DJ and PK, when we come back, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins us. Kyle Whittingham, youth football coach at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.